podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef, or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Welcome to the Family Plan Podcast. Wee. Pod 444. Uh, two games this week. Uh, a draw against Leicester, which we'll probably just avoid, and a win against Wolves. 2-1 win. And so let's take Palace into the top half of the Premier League as things stand. There are more games tonight and tomorrow. Uh, but after 10 games of the season, um, let's talk about those games with Jack Pierce. Hello to you. Freshly back from Sellers Park. Just, just home. So, yeah, all, all good. Uh, I did text you at halftime yesterday um, questioning what we were going to talk about today. So I'm glad we did turn up in the second half. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, otherwise it would be quite a short Pretty episode. dry pod. Yeah, <laughs> very, very dry. Uh, thankfully, we did. Uh, Don Firefield was also there at Sellers Park, I believe. Uh, how are you this morning? Yeah, I came a bit, I'm a bit hoarse. I, I really enjoyed that second goal. It was really good. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was it was very good. Uh I was watching from home. Uh no baby yet for anyone that's interested in that. Um that's why I was watching from home. Uh but I did get to watch uh yes, great second half from Palace and a lovely, lovely, lovely goal from Wilf, which of course we'll talk about uh very soon. Uh before we do that, can we do a drum roll for a random patron? It's Mr. Jack Hislop. Jack Hislop. Great welcome, name. Hello. Welcome to the party. Shaq oh. his brother. Shaka's brother. Shaka's <laughs> brother. Oh God, I hope it is. That'd be great. <laughs> or Ian. Uh, or Ian. Or Ian. Oh, yeah. 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 Or Ian. Great. Any other hislops? Those are probably the two hislops, aren't they? Okay. If if you ask me to name two hislops, I'd probably go Shaka and Ian. And now Jack. And now Jack. Jack makes the trinity. Three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can join our patron like uh, Jack and get all the rewards, uh, including post-match podcast. Uh, patron only merchandise and access to the patron only discord club at patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash f-y-p podcast I'm now looking through to see if Shaka is a patron as well I don't think he is unfortunately but he's welcome <laughs> to join us if he'd like to um, there, there are technically Jack two games to talk about today I actually I'm looking through my notes I've realised I've actually not made any notes about the Leicester game which often happens when we have two games in a week to talk about because the second game is normally sort of fresher in the mind uh, mm. obviously for us uh, it was a better result um, actually I've got one question from Leicester Sean about Leicester here but it does it, it talks about the main theme that I want to talk about in part one which is this two half team that we've become at home I believe I saw a stat that Palace have now earned the most points this season from coming from behind yeah, uh, three sense. wins at home all of yep. them three wins from going behind initially not yeah. something we've been used to really as Palace down the years um, but let me put this question to you and then you can decide whether you want to reference the Leicester game or just talk about last night 
and okay. I'll put it in your hands. It's from Nick Lloyd Five. Hi Nick. Hi Nick. Hi Nick. He says, "Do we beat Leicester in that game? Had they managed to score first? Because <laughs> did we get asked last week whether we should just let teams walk the ball in yeah. from kickoff or score um, an own goal? I think or just kick the ball into goal. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I uh, maybe we should put it to the test. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I was a bit miserable after the Leicester game. I just mainly not because Palace particularly. I just thought it was a bit of a waste of two hours of my life, um, but." Looking back on it, particularly in light of last night's result, um, it's uh, it's a very decent point and a clean sheet on the road. And, and Leicester, I don't think, will finish in the bottom three. So at the end of the season, that might look like a decent decent point. But um, yeah, maybe, maybe we do need to to test it. Maybe the League Cup against Newcastle in a game that nobody is going to care too much about it. Maybe we should put that put that experiment um, to, to reality and, and see what happens. But yeah, it, it does seem to be a bit of a case that the boys need a bit of a kickstart. Um, the difference between uh, the Villa and the Leeds game is that last night we actually went into the halftime break at goal down, whereas Villa and Leeds, we were we were level going into the break. So that just kind of adds a, a little bit more resolve to the result last night. Um, but yeah, it certainly seems to be... Uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of a theme, but a positive one in the uh, the end result is three points at the end of the day for Palace in three of those games. Um, Don Will said something very interesting last night on on Amazon Prime. I did a, did a really really good post match interview. Um, their coverage their, their coverage is outstanding, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's I mean, really good. <laughs> Jack, other football providers. I, I know, I know. We, we have to. Unless they want to sponsor the podcast, in that case, true, true. But the only slight the problem with it is it's such on such a delay that it's still one all on my screen here. So I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah, but you don't mind that you'll put up with that with, with for Clinton. Well, and now that you've ruined the blooming punchline, yeah. <laughs> <Boiler>. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Wolf did a really, really lovely uh, post match interview, and uh, it came across so well. We, we all know that as, as fans, and Clinton made a lovely point of like this is the real Wilf and everyone thinks he's a moody so-and-so and actually, no, it was really, really nice. But he, he said a really interesting thing, which Eze had also said right after the game as well. And they've both been asked, what did Vieira say at halftime? What has he been saying at halftime? Why are you so good second half, so bad first half? And they both said, well, actually, he said, carry on. Much of the same, you, you're actually doing okay and crack on, which I think is a very different sort of reaction to the fans. Like fans, I think a lot of fans thought we weren't very good in that first half, but it seems to be the message from the team, the, the staff, is that you're sort of doing things okay, just keep going and things will come. There's a sort of belief that things will come there. In the Leicester game, it didn't. I mean, it just didn't, and it was as bad in the second half as it was in the first half. And yet, last night, it did. I'm not really quite sure what my question is here, because I thought that was interesting. Do we think that's the right approach? And that they are, I guess maybe they are doing the right things. Well, well, they were one nil down at half time against Wolves. So I suppose, unlike Leicester, where you, you, you're nil nil at half time, and actually that's ultimately that's not a bad result. I mean, if you, if you get to nil nil at the end, okay, they didn't play particularly well as an attacking side. But you know, nil nil away from home against a team with with that midfield and that those forward options isn't isn't an awful result, uh, even if they are bottom of the league. Um, I I don't know. I, I I suspect that he reminded them of their that they could do things a bit quicker in the at half time. I suspect there was a there was a reminder that they needed a bit more intensity. There's a lot of it was a bit ambling up up to the the break. Even after Wolves took the lead, it was. A lot of possession, but in completely meaningless possession. It was it was it was those passes between the back four, 
and the goalkeeper and and all oh, the percentage stats are going up. This is good, but actually it's not getting us anywhere. And oh, now we're a goal down with the first sort of in, incisive move, properly incisive move that Wolves had conjured. I know Diego Costa had, had the the earlier chance, but but the, the key to it, as far as I could tell, and I'm sure this would have been reminded of Wolf at halftime. I'm sure it would have, it must have cropped up because it was so evident in the first move of the second half was if you get in between the lines and that not just the vertical lines, but the horizontal lines as well. If you're not playing out on the flank all the time, going at the same player and you actually veer off more centrally, he just wreaks havoc. He he went central centrally in the first 20 seconds of the second half and plays the ball out wide to Elise from a central area and Elise puts in the cross, which which Eze scores at the back post. I, I suspect because, I think it was, was it Bueno? No, oh, there wasn't Bueno. Was it whoever the right wing back was for the right back for, for Wolves? It's probably so, been... Samedo. Samedo. So he'd been used to having Wilfred as his man, mm. but actually Wilf wasn't there anymore. So he probably, he probably relaxed a bit and suddenly Eze was in five yards of space at the back post. Um, and having him, having that option for that 20 minute period, where Palace were excellent suddenly, they had the intensity. The key to it all was Wilfred Zaha going central. That was yeah. that was the only difference. I, I, had, I had a, I was very privileged to have a seat in the upper upper tier of the homes there today. From there, you can just see shape, team shape, so brilliantly. It's just like a computer graphic down there in front of you, and just shifting Wilf infield. Wolves didn't know what to do. It suddenly made things. Suddenly, it wasn't. It wasn't the picture that they'd been used to in the first half, and that didn't happen at all at Leicester. That, that just didn't happen. No. He was out on the wing and and just looked lost. And and you know, he just wasn't beating his man. He wasn't getting the supply line, and he wasn't veering inside particularly. So that was the key. And also, I don't think we should be. I don't think we should get too carried away with this. I mean, Palace have played effectively it's an attacking force with the intensity proper intensity for 45 minutes against Leeds and 20 minutes against Wolves really really and they've got seven points that just shows you what they might be able to achieve that's <laughs> what we said after the game last night like what could we do if we actually turned up for a 90 minutes here? yeah oh, yeah it did it did as Dom says Wilf moving in centrally it blew Nelson Semedo's mind. Like he, he actually had a very decent first half. He, he looked, he looked after Wilf. But as Wilf said in the post-match interview, it was a fairly easy game to mark him because he was getting the ball back to goal and then just knocking it back to Tyreek Mitchell, and and that was on repeat for much of the first half. Moving in five yards as like his base position, like, you know, Dom's totally right. He did drift a lot, but just moving five yards in from like his starting point seemed to confuse him. And this guy's a Portuguese international who's going to the World Cup. Like it was really bizarre to watch a, a bloke really lose sense of what he was doing, having had such a decent first, uh, such a decent first half. But yeah, I mean, we'll get on to Wilf. He was. Stuff that he did last night was just absolutely mind-blowing. The various sort of questions may pop up from that. Firstly, there's definitely an argument that, like, the manager's dugout should be at the back of the homestead or something like that. You must get (laughs) such a better view of the pitch. And the views from the dugouts are always terrible for managers. It's the worst place to be. They often put an analyst up in the stands. And and it may well be that Palace have an analyst that sits on the gantry in the Arthur. Mm. Um, which you do get a very good view. It's yeah. not quite the same. It's on the side side view of the you know like a remember the old school championship manager or even a FIFA view, I guess. You, yeah, yeah, for the kids. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I mean, I, I, every time I sit in the upper tier, I feel utterly privileged. It's an incredible view of a football yeah, match. It really is. Just just seeing how you can sometimes when when Palace when Palace 
don't have the ball, how compact they are, and how they bring and they basically just squeeze the play into that central area. And we all we were sort of saying, Oh my god, look at all the space that the wing backs have got. It's because the fullbacks drift in so tightly and clog up that space in the middle that it doesn't really matter what the what the opposing wingers do because they're not going to find anyone in the middle anyway. But then when they when they when they're in possession and they spread out and they, I mean it's just a thing of beauty to watch. And and the this is for both teams as well, but you can just see how much work goes into the shape and and uh, structure of a football team. It's it's quite revelatory to just to do that. Um, it really I, answers the question of what have you been doing all week when you can see the shape move as absolutely. automatically as it does. Like oh, yeah, instinctive, yeah, yeah, it's, it's right. incredible. And then moving forward as we do, they are yeah on autopilot. Some of those players in terms of the angles they run at and and, and the speed at which they move. When you see it from up high, it's it's quite. So I haven't sat in the the upper for a good few years, but. That that promotion season with with Yannick and Wilf on the flanks, I, I sat up there quite a lot, and you really got to see the speed at which we moved. And you know, when we were good that season, we moved at an unbelievable speed. And and yeah, the, the precision of the shape that we had with Jedi and, and KG in midfield was great. And and now we're seeing it again with with Vieira. Um, yeah, it's um, last night there were times when we were moving at such speed, and and the second goal in particular comes from from that because it's it like it's an instinctive base shape but then they know what to do when the ball kind of becomes free in a moment like it did for the second goal mm. they know where to run they know where to move and yeah again Nathan Nelson Tomato didn't cover himself in glory in that one either but again it's probably because of the the pace and power which we're moving at so if 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 the view from the Arthur is FIFA then the view from the back of the Homestale sort of more sensible soccer is that the, more your era Don yeah uh, yeah icy conditions you could just shoot straight and it would fly in from the halfway line <laughs> there we just go just Barry Davis on loop yeah it's lovely yeah. <laughs> there we go this is, much is it, more Barry Davis is, is Trevor Brooking <laughs> well, well, well done son that type of thing yeah lovely Lovely. Um, Jack, on the Wilf thing, you're right about the sort of starting position and then moving more inside. He did also say something, I think I got this right in the post-match interview, that it was him that made those decisions to slightly play uh, slightly more centrally uh, in the second half. And it wasn't necessarily a sort of direct, uh, maybe it's something they've worked on, but like he decided I'm going to try and play a bit more centrally and it, and it came off. And actually after in the patron post-match pod from Leicester, Dom, I think we did talk about that and said, why did Wilf not, why was, why don't we play Wilf a bit more centrally? Why doesn't that happen? Um, why do you think, Jack, then, that it does take till the second half or that it's taken longer for that kind of thing to happen? Because if Palace did that early on, maybe we'll drifted more centrally or started more centrally, we could be wrapping up games much quicker and it wouldn't be as stressful for us watching. I did note that he made that comment before his manager turned up for the interview as well. So, you know, that, that could, fair, fair point there. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because of that inherent, you know, discipline that the Vieira and Hodgson and, and managers that have come before have, have instilled in Wilf in that you keep to your shape. Because he also in that interview did talk about the defensive responsibilities he has. Um, and I think he's very wary of playing, you know, particularly when we play in the shape we did last night, he's playing in front of Tyreek, who is, you know, very competent left fullback, but still quite young and still probably learning his game. And, and, you know, Will speaks very openly about helping younger players through games. He did it again last night, talking about Ebbs and, mm. and Elise. So I think he has that responsibility and he's now one of the team leaders. So to to just drop his defensive responsibilities from the first whistle probably would, would be a miss by, by him. But um, I think when you're one nil down and you sense that actually me moving you know, inside five, 10 yards would have a positive impact, particularly when the ball's in certain parts of the pitch. I think he's probably earned the respect of Vieira to make that decision by himself. And maybe Leicester, maybe being away from home and, and the fact that it was nil-nil throughout probably meant that making that decision could have caused issues 
um, mm-hmm. you know, Castagna was was bombing on yeah. um, in that game. So maybe it was a different opponent as well. But yeah, he, he did make that decision and it was the right decision. But then there were moments, and as Don, you know, Don talks about the shape there, there were moments throughout that second half, despite the fact that Wilf was, was such a threat when he did come inside, when he when he needed to, he did drift back, back out left. Mm. He did do his defensive bit and he did do the bit that maintained the shape. So well, he made great that, one that, block in, that block in the box, didn't he? Later? Yeah, and, and that's, you know, that is just fantastic that he's got that in his game and that that know-how and then the, the you know, defensive responsibilities being drilled into him to the point where he drifts back instinctively now rather than being demanded back like, yeah, you know, I remember you know watching Jedinak just almost drag him back at times when when he was kind of learning his trade, a bit like Michael Elise is doing at the moment. It's quite interesting to see the two flanks last night. It's um, you know two moments in time in that sense, but yeah, I, I think um, Wolf's earned that respect, and um, the relationship between him and Vieira means that Wolf making autonomous decisions like that probably aren't a big problem between him and the manager. Yeah, I think you're totally right about having earned that. So, so Dom, there were points last season where we this this did happen. We had slow starts, and then we came back. I always went to the Leicester game at home last season, um, and then we did. There were games where we did seem to get it together in early on in the games. The the, the few around Christmas was it Norwich at home where we suddenly sort of three 0 up inside sort of twenty minutes. Are we expecting maybe that we might see that from Palace, or you know, we had a lot of questions about these slow starts. We just put a few to them because um it is frustrating people uh let me see uh nick lloyd again why do we think uh we're really going behind is it an evident lack of confidence and ability uh or is it more apparent that the teams we should be going toe-to-toe with i've not read that very well have i um and who else has asked us about this um Magic Cheese 72 some great moves some atrocious defending how do we get past the negative play uh, Toby Kinder, 1962, two decent halves out of six, seven points from a possible nine. What will happen when we start playing well for 90 minutes? When do we start worrying about these slow starts? Well, the irony is it isn't actually a slow start because the 10 minutes at the start of the Leicester game, we were the better team and actually did okay for that first 10 minutes. And then it was from the moment... I think Harvey Barnes had his first opportunity. The first chance that we we conceded, um, as in as in we let them have, we went into our shells and and it appeared to affect us properly. And last night as well, actually, the first 10, 15 minutes, we were pinging it around, really up to the moment that, that Decore... In fact, no, we were pinging it around. Decore hits the post. Okay, they had the Diego Costa chance. Um, but Palace are... Giving as good as they got, really, I and mean, they, they amble a bit, but it was, it's, it, it's sort of almost, they got lulled into a, into this sort of downbeat rhythm, largely because Wolves defended it, defended very, very well. They were, they were rugged. They were everything you'd expect Wolves to be, actually, given that they don't concede any goals and they don't score any either. Um, and then we were rocked by, you know, their first goal away from home since the late 20th century i mean it's 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 jeff thomas's winner in 96 oh, yeah that actually crops <laughs> that up on twitter. that was on twitter wasn't it <laughs> there was a period last night where, where things were, were, were ambling towards the end of the first half where we ended up just doing a composite wolves and palace team as a group and uh jeff thomas featured highly and was cursed indeed for that winning goal um but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, it's more about consistency of, of performance and, in, and consistency of intensity um, and it, it, 
maybe it's a sign of the youth still and the relative inexperience. And indeed, the sort of man, sorry, the management, on-field management issues that Vieira's spoken about, we, we sort of concentrate on the protecting a league late on and how that's that's been difficult for us. But actually, maintaining tempo is also part of on-field management. And without that many sort of experienced vocal players in maybe areas of the pitch that you need them to be in, uh, maybe we lack a bit of that. And we too often sort of lull and then when we when we do low, we sort of we have all these these flair players that, that know that they you know one on one they can go past their man, but they maybe over they try to do that and they take the extra touch and that and if you're constantly taking extra touches, the whole pace of the team suddenly slows down and grinds to a halt, and you end up sort of playing all this pretty stuff around the box, but you never actually get in the box. I mean, there were times again in the first half last night where I was. I was screaming, just someone just have a shot. Just have a yeah. shot. Just give it a go. Just break it up a bit. Just make something slightly different. Make them think about something different. Um, but there was a reluctance there, uh, strangely. And, I, I, you know, the possession stuff is very nice. And it's it's we're, we're so much more comfortable in possession than, than any Palace team probably we've ever had in our history. But possession and incision are different things. Yeah, there was actually a really interesting bit right towards the end of the game where Schluppy got the ball and could have knocked it into the box mm. about a minute ago. Yeah, but it was it was nice though because it, it, it took me back to do you remember when um, Michael Antonio did that for West Ham and we went down the other end and equalised about four years ago and yeah. Slavan Bilic I think was manager and was livid. So I just thought that was interesting, a little bit of game management, but maybe a bit more experience. So I, I, I quite like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. But I guess, Jack, maybe that's kind of the compromise that we're now we have this attacking five and we have some fantastic flair players that maybe you and, and young flair players, you might have to compromise the fact that there will be games where they will lull and then maybe lose a bit of confidence and they might not, the intensity might not be there. Maybe that's just, you know, you could have 11 functional intense players. It wouldn't be the same. And maybe that's just a compromise we have to accept for a bit while this team learns and moves forward to, to kind of manage games better. I think for me, the compromise that we're seeing at the moment is for all the technical ability we have in maintaining the ball and creating the chances like we did at the height of the second half last night is that you will then have moments where because of the lull that you mentioned, it's quite easy for teams to get through us and far easier than it has been previously. There were moments last night where, you know, walls were moving through our midfield a lot quicker than you'd like to see an opponent move through us. No more so than when Traore runs, you know, 40 yards in a pretty much a straight line and then gets brought down by Decore who gets his fifth booking and then never sits the post. That really could have been a terrible 60 seconds for us. And that all comes because the midfield shape isn't as perhaps regimented as, as you would like it to be, but that's the price you pay when you have the technical brilliance that we have in that midfield. It's perhaps the technical brilliance is, um, you know, the natural ability they have and therefore the, the technical, the tactical diligence perhaps is suffering a little bit at times, not often, but there are moments, but it only, it doesn't take often for, you know, games to be lost and points to be points to be lost. But yeah, we got away with it a little bit last night in that, that trial incident. There were a few in the second half where I just felt we were a bit too soft to get through. Um, and the tackles could be a little bit harder, but you know, if that's the price, I think we said last week with grace, it's the price to pay when you've got the ballers that we have at the moment. And I will use that, that word and age myself again, baller. So yeah, it's it's the price you pay when you've got Ebbs, Elise, um, Jeff, Jeffrey Schluck probably playing in a, in a position sometimes he's a little bit too high and he's not a central midfielder by, he's becoming a very effective central midfielder, 
but he didn't learn his trade now. That's he's you know he's not played his whole career in central midfield. So there are times when I think um, we are a little bit a little bit light, and, and maybe last year even with Connor in the team, that's something that he added to our game that probably a little bit more plugged in defensively than what we're seeing at the moment. Yeah, good. Well done. We've managed to get through another episode by mentioning Connor. I think uh, let's try and do it every, every every week. I think we can probably do it every week this season. <laughs> you're listening, Connor. If you're listening, <laughs> we still love you. Uh, right, because you used the word ballers, I think that's a good place to probably end part one uh, while we sort of recompose ourselves. <laughs> probably, a good, probably a good place to ask you to leave the pod, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I just rounded the pod now. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, good stuff. We managed to just about cover both games there as well. So nicely done, lads. Um, we'll come back in part two with winners and losers. This episode of the FYP podcast is brought to you by Green King, your home of pub sports. And they have a great offer for FYP listeners. If you can't get to Sellers Park on a match day, Green King Pub is the place to be with over 900 sports pubs across the country. Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcast game for Palace, as well as live sporting events from BT and Sky Sports on tap. Plus, unlike sitting at the back of the Arthur, you'll actually see the action on the screen and you can drink inside of the pitch should you want to and if you download the green king season ticket app you'll receive a free drink when you register and 10 percent off a great range of drinks one hour before during and after any match also the app has a booking functionality to secure your table before you arrive and games with instant prizes head to the app store and search Green King Season Ticket to download the app. When registering, if you use the promotional code FYP, that's all caps, FYP, you'll even get some additional offers added to your wallet. As a listener of the show, you'll get an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. With pubs all across London, use the Pub Finder tool in the Season Ticket app to find your nearest Green King. Green King is where the fans go, your home of pub sport. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Way Pod four four four, and it's time for winners and losers. Uh, this is our patron only section. So uh, if you are a patron, you're going to hear our winners and losers. Uh, if you're not, you're going to hear a section from the a short clip from the post match podcast last night with with uh, Adam and Rob, uh, which you can get. In full, every game, if you join our Patreon, plus our winners and losers on the main midweek pod by going to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash F-Y-P podcast. Uh, but let's make the split now. What what you want from Edouard, um, and a, a bit like what you want from, from all of our attacking players, is a... a, a a winning role, like a, a an impact that that contributes either by scoring a goal or helping to create a goal. And Edouard, Edouard's done that in three of the last four games. You can't ask for more than that, really, yeah, can totally. you? Well, you can. Or oh, Hattrick each oh, yeah, game, I mean, like Harland, I'll take. That's yeah, I mean, right. that, That's true, but he's not playing against Dumbarton or whatever. So I think, I think with all of our attacking players, as a Edouard, at least say, Wilf, are you all of them? Sometimes you just want a decision from them, right? 
sometimes it just feels like they don't make that decision in that final third. But when, when they make it quicker, sometimes the quicker we move the ball, the more chances we create. It's much harder to defend, Nev. Move the ball fast. As you saw, like, even on Saturday with Wardy, he got into trouble when they played those quick give-and-goes with Harvey Barnes behind him each time. Pop, pop, behind him. There was a spell in the first half where he did it three times in about five minutes, and he got him behind him, behind him, behind him. Yeah. And we're good when we do that, but then... We're not incisive enough, as you said. Once we get there, it's an extra touch, or you know, we we end up going backwards again, or whatever. I think I think we've, but I think I've said to you before, we're not ruthless enough. Full stop. We're not ruthless enough around the opposition's box, and defensively, we're not ruthless enough as well. Or but we but it does, yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. We're not we, resolute. We don't. We're gonna the games. We're gonna have a lot of games like this where it's fast and furious, end to end. You come out entertained. But on another day, that result could easily well, flip, is what I'm saying. If we look you. at the games, like Villa, Brentford, um, today, these sorts of games at home, we always get frustrated that the opposition hasn't had more yellow cards. It, because they're doing all these niggly fouls all over the place, we never do that. No, I think... And, and I think I, that's what I mean with ruthless in midfield. Actually, we're not, not dirty enough, is the wrong word. We're not sometimes cynical enough. We don't break the play... For the opposition, as much as the opposition breaks the play with us. I think this is about maturing, right? And being ruthless in attack and defence, and probably with a, and a little bit of more sort of smart management in the midfield areas. But maybe we don't have the players for that right now. And I think me and Rob were saying this at half-time. Like, I felt that Edward, who did well in the second half, him and Schlupp were a problem for us, I think, in the first half a little bit. Because I don't see what Slup is adding as a starter. I think I want to believe it because sometimes you do see him do these driving runs or make a good pass he, or something. He had but he's a not... few great recovery tackles he, tonight. To be he, fair he, to him, he, when he, did in the when he came and got the ball but back like, for but us. But the first half, I felt we were missing that third midfielder, and we were probably missing a bit of Edward presence up up front. But second half, it was m- much better. I think I do think. Uh, obviously, I didn't come on on Saturday as we'd spoken about earlier. After Saturday. I would perhaps be inclined, if I was Patrick Vieira, to try Decore as one of the number eights instead of a number six mm. and play Gyro or Luca or somebody as the sort of sitting midfield player instead and see if that made a difference. Maybe that extra, that extra, those extra legs in there and that sort of bit more steel because he's a bit of everything to Corey by the look of it you know it may actually be that we've got, it, it might be easier to find someone to be a sitting midfield player than it would be to find that attacking midfield player that costs lots of money uh, and maybe Decore can can give us a bit weirdly Will Hughes was signed as I understand it that Dougie viewed him as the replacement for James MacArthur long term I actually think Decore is more like James MacArthur. It's interesting. I think Decore is like Kabai. Decore reminds you so much of Kabai, but more, I think, more, I think, uh, more uh, defensively much better though. I think you know his, more his physical tackles, and all that. Yeah, the I mean. number of tackles he wins. I know he Which gets booked. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to move him out of that role in front of the back yeah. four. I think I was saying this to someone the other day. I was just thinking, of course we miss Gallagher, but actually, do we miss a fully fit James McArthur? Would Eze and Decore would they do better with a fully fit James yes. McArthur? And is that the player we have to try and replace? Yeah, I think I, I think I think so. I mean, I, I'm sort of Gallagher. 
I liked as a player. I think he's a good player. Mm. But I said to you a couple of weeks ago on here, he's not a world beater. He's not the, the greatest player we've ever seen. He's an athletic box-to-box player that can score a goal. He's a good player. He's a good player. But I struggle to believe there aren't other players of that type yeah. out there that we need to, to go and find. You know, it's not it's not impossible. He's not unique, is what I'm saying. To I you. think I think the goal contributions that he made last season were telling for us. I think he scored yeah. quite a few, and and that that's what you really need. You but need there were a... spells, Rob, in the latter part of the season. Oh, yeah. He wasn't in our team. You know, he was. He was. He, I... There were quite a few games he was on the bench in the last period of the season. I'd say there was time. I think it wasn't when Eze was fit. Yeah, Gallagher's role changed the team didn't it he was doing more of like the McArthur role wasn't he uh, to allow Eze I think that's that's the midfield we're missing someone who allowed Decore to do what he's good at and allow Eze to do what he's good at and I maybe oh. the slump is maybe the best option right now for that I don't know but we don't have too many offensive choices Nev that's the problem you know I, I don't I prefer Michael Elise wide than as a yeah. sort of central yeah. midfielder I do I do feel that that Slup does his bit, but there isn't a lot of competition. You know, whereas we've got Luca, Gyro, Will Hughes, Decoy that can play the sort of role. You know, we've got four players there that can can do that job, but we've only got three to do the other two jobs, effectively. We don't have the, the depth and choice. Well, you're right. I mean, that was probably, a lot of people say, our best eleven, but there was... Was there anyone on the bench you turned to? If we were 1-0 down with, like, 20 minutes to go, the only change you could do is bring Mateta on for someone, right? And hope something happens. But there wasn't a game-changer on the bench, was there? And I think that is where we're lacking as a squad. I have to say, Nev, I'm not sure if this is fair, but the changes even to see out the game, Mateta and Ayu... I'm not sure that... I mean, Jordan's very good at sort of hanging onto the ball and wriggling around and, and he did, to be winning fair. your fouls. But you also lose a bit of thrust by taking uh, the other fella off and putting Jordan on. So, although in some ways he can help you out, the other bloke will stretch the game and take you further up the pitch faster. So yeah. I'm not well, I'm not sure that it... I, I, I've got to say to you, I, it, this may have been a game tonight where I wouldn't have made... Any changes, perhaps apart from bringing Gyro on for one of the midfield players, probably Schlapp and just putting him next to Decore and changing our shape a little bit and saying, OK, let's see this out with two defensive midfield players and one in front and the, I, I, and the wide fellas. It was interesting I, I thought the subs made sense, but if Wolves had scored, he probably would have got some... Justified, I guess, criticism for them. But like you said, there's not a lot there to change, and that's the problem with the depth. No, you know, I think Edward, you know, Edward was looking knackered. Edward looked knackered before his assist, and he got a bit of life. But he was looking. I think I can see why he took Edward off. I think we needed IU to come on. I'm, prob- I'm not sure who for though. I might have been tempted to bring him on for Schlupp, but look, what, we've seen it outright. What <laughs> I, I what I would say is, I think that. That we, I've been. I think it's fair to be critical of the the lack of kind of aggression in the first half, and I think that there, there's. I don't think it's. Ta- I don't think it's tactical. I don't think the manager is sending them out to not attack in the way that he wants them to, but. There was a switch at halftime. I thought we went. We ended up. There were spells where we went four four two. We had Eze on the left, and I think that that by doing that, by making it, by changing the shape of our, our team, it firstly gave Decore a much greater role in ra- running that midfield, yeah. and he really did. He t- 
totally stepped into that role. Yeah. And I thought he was man of the match for me in the second, especially with the way we, he played can in the I, second half. Can I ask half. you, bro, because you were in the Homesdale, so you had a different angle to me. The free kick on half-time when he made the tackle on Traore, was it a foul or not? We disagreed on this. I thought it was a foul. Rob thought it wasn't. I, wasn't I thought again. he got the ball, yeah. but I don't know whether it was too much force or, That's it. or whether it was a bit rash, but mm. I thought he seemed to get something on the ball and I wasn't I mean I didn't see it well enough to call it and I say I, I was sure but I, I, if I, I just our, wondered if it was our player I'd have wanted it right man I think um, Streety Streety was like, said it, it was a foul and it probably deserved a booking. Which, by the way, that's his fifth, and he'll be suspended, I believe. So for Everton, for Everton. So that's that's really not great. Um, but I, I, I really thought he did a brilliant job at that. Yeah. But I do think the tactical switch, the the, the bringing Wilf a little bit more narrow and bringing um, Elise a little bit more narrow as well, and and just getting them a bit more involved in the play, mm. was, it made a difference because Wolves then found themselves in a situation where they were the ones being kind of played around, you know, where one or two quick passes ended up opening lots of space. And Will found it, and Eze found it. Eze... Uh, helped to contribute for both goals. He scored the first, and then he ended up with that really good pass into Edouard for the second. What do you? We want to see more of this from Eze. Yeah. Vieira keeps saying it. What are your thoughts on on, on yeah, him? I think he's he's done well, and I think he's contributed quite a lot this season. The problem is with him is that, like Wilfred, any time they have an okay game, they get chastised for it. You know, they're expected to be at this kind of high level all of the time. I mean, Wilfred has found it very hard, I think, more recently. His second half today, he really came into his own, but the Chelsea game, Rhys James gave him a hard time. They didn't switch him on to Chilwell anywhere nearly quickly enough, and, and that was a mistake. You know, Leicester on Saturday, he didn't really get a kick, and he spent most of the time receiving it and setting it backwards rather than getting on the turn and having a go at people. But I think also with these players, and this is something that's missing from Palace, I think, the more I look, is that if you had two very dynamic fullbacks that could really get outside Wilfred and Elise, for instance, and make that sort of five man front line, you would score more goals for sure. Because I think that's. You saw tonight that that one where Tyrick Mitchell got in on that first touch, I think, up your end yeah. and got it across yeah. the defender. He did the same thing at Leicester just before they took him off on Saturday. And I think we need more of that let's say, on both flanks to give us... I don't think Wardy's going to give us that, unfortunately. Yeah. But but I do, I do think that if you had two really sort of cavalier fullbacks that could really drive on and do that for you, we'd probably be a better side for it. Like, yeah. it'd make a big difference. Uh, let's wrap up. Uh, there, uh, that's winners and losers. So thank you very much. You're a loser. You didn't. Well, you're a loser. Oh yeah, I haven't done one. Um, yeah, mate, Dom and I put our heads on the block, and then you just bloody disappear. That's what I do. Uh, my loser is me for not going because I'd have Fair loved enough. to been there, especially for that second half, and I missed the Leeds game as well. So um, I, in fact, I still haven't seen Palace win this season in the flesh. Uh, so I would have loved Stay to away. been there. <laughs> maybe. Away. Oh, maybe. Oh God, yeah, maybe it's me. 
Um, my, my brother, just to help, just to you know, add a bit of uh, comfort to you there, you weren't the only person. My brother, who had the option of uh, travelling with us yesterday, um, chose not to due to you know other commitments and, and very valid reason. Um, but sent me a message at half time saying, "I'm glad I didn't make the trip." And then at full time, there was a, a rather disgruntled emoji sent to kind of highlight his feelings at that point. So yeah. <laughs> I might just start turning up at half time, maybe, and just I need to be there for 45 minutes. To, uh... When you do come, you can't get in. Maybe the club are trying to tell you something, Jim. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, if you want to hear our uh, winners and losers, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash FYP podcast. After the break, questions. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.
my brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the Fiber Plan Podcast. We Pod four four four, and it's time for questions from our listeners. Uh, here's a question from PC Wires. Hi PC. Hi PC. Haven't had this from for a while. Here we go. Have we turned a corner? <laughs> it's been a while since we had that, Jack. It's, it's, it's nice to have a familiar question. It's nice to there. hear it. It's nice to hear. It. Yeah. I guess the uh, we're turning corners in matches quite regularly at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> It's actually yeah. happening within 90 minutes. So, yeah. yes, PC wires, we are turning corners. Beautifully done. Um, magic CPFC3, again, or Magic 3 CPF. Our friend, I'll just call it Magic. Our magic. friend magic, magic with the emojis. Uh, Dom, I'll put this one to you. Uh, would you take them four points before these games? Did we really deserve them? Oh, oh, that's been a big four, four points from Leicester and, and Wolves. And Wolves, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have taken them, yeah, definitely. Seven with Leeds. Seven with Leeds is fantastic. As yeah. I say, we've played for 45 minutes. Let's take it forward. 45 minutes against Leeds and 20 minutes against Wolves, really. Really. Incisively. And so and to get seven points from that is is superb. Needed it. I think we're I think we're what a point better off after 10 games than we were this time last year. Ten games. Uh, but we were into this sort of period where we were winning again at Manchester City and beating Wolves at home actually last year. So so we do need to uh, yeah, we did need to, we did need a little injection of points just to remind ourselves that how how good we can be. Um, yeah. Let's hope they can maintain this now because I think all the all the games really up to mm-hmm. up to the new year now are winnable. It's a, it's a nice run, and, and you know, ten games in, it's one of our cliches, isn't it? But it's the time that you start looking at the table, uh, and if you are looking at the table now for the first time this season, uh, I don't think you're upset. Yeah, I've never said that before. Mid October, and all our games until the new year are winnable, and we're yeah. in the Premier League. I mean, I know there's. <laughs> Eight weeks where we're not playing, but, but <laughs> even so, geez, <laughs> I need to go and lie down. <laughs> um, here's a question that I'm going to slightly deviate from the question. It's a lovely question, though, from Tim Tim Bayers. Hello, Hi, Tim. He says, Jim, Rob, Jack, Kevin, Dom, Grace, Andy, Adam, and the team. Sorry for those I've missed. That's, that's quite nice. Nice to um, meet you. Thank you, Tim. You're Thank in there. Joe's not in there, I noticed, but, uh, but you're, you're, in, you're in there. You're, you're both in there. Um, he goes on to ask about Vieira's halftime adjustments. I think we spoke about that in part one. And should we be giving him credit for the adjustments that lead him back to the fight battle wins? I'll, I'll put that question to you, uh, Jack. But I'll spin it because I thought I thought I saw you tweet this morning. I think it was you. Um, about the subs that came on uh, in mm. the game late mm. on uh, in a positive way. Again, praising Vieira. So um, we quite rightly talk about managers uh, taking the buck for when things don't go right. Um, I guess we should be praising Vieira a bit for these... These second half turnarounds and, you know, subs again last night. 
the tweet you mentioned was slightly tongue in cheek because I was actually praising Vieira for Wolves' substitutions because I thought oh, okay. they're triple sub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, in that case, let me put another question to you. That I, had, I, I forgot in part one from that shows how much attention I pay on Thank social you. media. How much respect um, do you have for me? Thank you. <laughs> Oh, I respect you so much. I assumed you were just making Thank a salient you. point about... Thank you. Um, Chaz Lucas uh, hey, Chaz. says, uh, did Wolves, this is very unfair, did Wolves, quote-unquote, pull a Vieira, making the odd decision to sub off Traore, causing us problems, and we hugely benefited from him no longer being on the pitch? There you go. I'll, I'll put that one to you, Jack, as well. D- did uh, did strike me as a very peculiar sub, that, that triple sub. Um, I know they hadn't started the second half very well, and we were well on top, but... I felt the the outlet they had was Adama Traore, who um, I think not for the first time was was bullying Tyreek a little bit in terms of his ability to get on top of him both, you know, physically and positionally. I, I felt Tyreek was not having a pretty comfortable time against him. So I think there'd be no no happier man to see his number come up than, than our number three yesterday. So that that was a, an odd sub. And then I thought Nunes, who cost them a lot of money in the summer, and was was a threat in the pivot position at the top of their midfield three, um, was also a peculiar sub. So it, it struck me as a uh, as an as an odd set of three substitutions, albeit accepting they needed to do something because because we were so on top. But you know, <laughs> calling it a Vieira is a bit of a, a tough one because I understand where um, where the the listeners say what the listeners saying there because there have been times when the subs have been a little bit confusing. But in terms of Vieira subs last night, I felt they did a job. I, I said to, to my mate who was with me in the second half. Um, Jordan use 11-minute cameo at the end was about as good as an 11-minute cameo yeah. can be for a sub in doing that job that he was asked to do. His, his defensive um, instinct is is so good. His ability to to kind of block the run and then, then win the ball fairly and then win a free kick himself is is unrivaled, really, by, by a Palace player. Maybe not many can rival him across the whole league. So very good sub to have and, and just you no know, further compliments to Jordan on where he is at the moment. But, um, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's an interesting one with subs because I think we've already talked about this season. Managers having those two extra subs to make it five um, compared to the three they're used to, I think it has confused some managers, particularly in terms of the timing of their substitutions. Um, and some are playing it well and, and some are not playing it particularly well. Um, but last night, Vieira, I thought, thought got it right. Nice to see Gyro again as well. There, there was yeah. a suggestion that, that Traore was taken off because for injury prevention that he was, right, okay. he was going to only able to play a certain amount of minutes and then had to go off. I, the other guys, um, I agree. Uh, I think, I thought Nunes was quite imposing presence, yeah. wasn't he? He's quite yeah, large. Fella. Yeah. Yeah. Priore was running the risk of a second yellow. I yeah. The, the number six, yeah. The guy who'd be man marking, uh, as a trial Ray, yes. that was, that was fair game because he was a walking second yellow, but, yeah. Um, the the other two I felt actually did nothing and I know Guedes is is a very a decent prospect and Portuguese international and it cost them a fair bit from Valencia but he didn't really pose the same threat as Troy always doing but yeah I take your point Dom if it was an injury uh, risk then um, that, that that makes sense with with palaces um, yeah I, the thing about last night which perhaps isn't always the case with various substitutions but I genuinely think Elise looked shattered absolutely exhausted when he when when his number came up and edward likewise looked you know as if, as if he was a spent force at that he'd, point he'd run, run his socks into the ground Dom, yeah. he'd run his socks into the ground <laughs> i think socks. that's going to be after our title of the podcast socks into the ground <laughs> fair into the ground love it the other one i mean read yes the only observation i had on read was 
he was replacing Eze, and when you bring Riedewald on, you expect him to sort of go in there and help clog up the defence in, in a really defensive midfield brief. But Palace, Palace won a goal kicker at, uh, in stoppage time. He's only, he only came on in the 19th minute, but in stoppage time, they won a goal kick. And rather than sort of sitting there midway in, in, inside Palace's half, he genuinely pushed up into an area that you'd expect Eze to do. But he wasn't just, he wasn't doing it, you know, in a sort of not really sure what's going on, I'm just sort of not concentrating way. He was actually ushering to his to his teammates to to push up field. And, you know, instinctively you're thinking, Jesus, what are you doing? You know, if we get caught, if we lose his header, then we're, we're knackered. We're going to have five on three or something stupid. But, but that makes sense, actually. You don't want to be playing those last minutes of stoppage time in your own half. So mm. so squeeze up the pitch and try and hem them in. And actually, that's what we did. That's yeah, did, did I mean, us well. Yeah, are you and Mateta were winning corners and Schlupp as well for, for a while, winning the ball down in the corner. And that's partly because the whole team have been brought up. And Gyro for... Joe was actually the one doing the one doing the ushering, which was quite good to see. The Ajax way. <laughs> I guess as well with the subs with the subs kind of thing, and I know we've sort of laboured this point a bit on this pod in previous episodes, but Dom, it does come down to options, doesn't it? I mean, especially with the five now, some teams have great options off the bench. And we've spoken spoken before that with a few injuries and stuff, we don't necessarily, and sometimes the manager's hamstrung by who is available for certain positions. Absolutely right. I mean, God. Uh, I, I'm going into territory that I'd rather not go into, but I do another podcast that covers another club and <laughs> their game on Sunday, that other club's game on Sunday, the manager of that team, Graham Potter, um, was was absolutely praised to the hilt for his bold halftime substitutions of bringing on Koulibaly. 40 million cents a half. <laughs> Koulibaly for, for Cucciarella. Um, and I can't remember somebody else who came Club Aspilicueta captain. Aspilicueta came Champ- Club Champions captain. League winning captain. <laughs> yeah, to play at right right wing back effectively. Now, in the old days, if you make two substitutions at half time, and by the old days, I mean last season, you make two substitutions at half time, you basically limited all your options for what you can do over the course yeah. of the game. These days, you've still got the number of substitutions you would have had last season <laughs> yeah. in the entire Pretty. match to make. It's It's an it's a joke and it gets me so wound up. I go on that Seb, Seb podcast and I whinge about it pretty regularly and I get dog's abuse from all the supporters of that club. Um, but it's completely warps the division. It makes it so unfair and it shouldn't be allowed. It should be three substitutions. Sorry, that's me done. <laughs> you won't get dog's abuse on here, don't worry. Don't, apart from when Sales is on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jack, do you agree? I think it's... Um... I understood why it was introduced during the um, the restart after the the lockdown. I, I kind of got that for the players' welfare, but it's just a very unfair advantage. I think. I think the three subs limiting to three substitutions was um, was fair because typically most Premier League clubs will have at least fourteen to sixteen players that are capable of playing first team football. Now to push that to an expectation that a club has you know seventeen eighteen 
fresh faces ready to go every week um, of of the same qualities. It's just unfair. And it just means that those with the more resources are going to be better placed and, and the ability to influence the game from the benches is, is going to be outweighed now. But yeah, it, it's something that was inevitable to happen when the big clubs wanted it. Um, but yeah, plucky old Jurgen Klopp gets his way again. Hey? Poor, poor old Jurgen. Oh, it's, it's something that we're going to, and, and I know it will be a recurring theme because I'll continue to whinge about it, but <laughs> The, the the balance of the Premier League is tipping. Yeah. 14 and 6 voting rights within the Premier League. The big six, you can hold them in some kind of relative control. There is an element of control unless they get like some kind of rogue element that decides that they might get Pally to get some lone players with one of the, those big six. But generally speaking, 14 and 6 works. Newcastle's turning up on the scene now, mm-hmm. which was billed at the time as, oh my God, they're going to be a threat to Manchester City, aren't they? And Liverpool and Chelsea because they've got all this money. Actually, they're going to be an ally to all those and they can change the Premier League and how it is is 7 and 13 because they will have them they will be able to get stuff through now that stuff yeah. will get done that that the clubs of palaces size don't don't want to happen so it's it's quite a tricky period this shouldn't they um if it's five subs shouldn't they be widening the squad sizes from 25 to 28 or 29 I'm afraid that will probably only benefit the what would that do yeah, that would yeah, make it that would worse just, yeah yeah, yeah. The, the clubs, then, clubs wouldn't release any players on loan we wouldn't have had a Conor Gallagher last season it's you know there's widening the squad depth would only benefit the, the bigger clubs I mean unless you're Nottingham Forest and you just literally sign people off the street somewhere in a cupboard at Sellers Park Florian Morange is busy <laughs> rushing off the cobwebs <laughs> may get my chance now I'm 42 <laughs> but I'll give it a go oh no <laughs> Oh, Florian. Um, I think that wraps up questions, actually, because uh, we've we've covered a lot of the others in other parts of the pod. Oh, no, apart from Chris. Hello, Chris. Hi, Chris. Who says, um, how is JD's fantasy football team going? Uh, yeah, not too bad, thank you. And I I, I do have Wilf. <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I, you did. You, 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 selected, just you did. selected the question to be read out on air. That's entirely your call. Just trying to give everybody you know, what they want. I know for a fact we don't have any listeners called Chris either, so you just completely <laughs> made that up. <laughs> anyway, it's okay. I got Wilf, so it's okay. It's okay. You can't spell Chris about J I M D A L Y. Right, that's questions done. Thank you very much for sending those in. Uh, after the break, just the one game to preview uh, this week. It's Everton. So join us in a bit. time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Family Plan Podcast. Hey. It's pod 444. Uh, it's preview time. Uh, it's Everton away on Saturday. Oh, is it, are we at 3 p.m.? This 3 o'clock week? Saturday. Yeah. Oh, my word. Uh, just as it should be. Um, Everton away uh, will be a tricky game. Um, and we've got a couple of questions here. Palace Ash. Hey, Palace uh, Ash. Will we score a fluke goal, a nothing goal, or an average goal versus <laughs> Everton? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully all three. Yeah. <laughs> Beautifully done, Ash. That's a lovely little a lovely little callback. Uh Jack Steele. Hey Jack. Hello, Jack. Hey Jack. <laughs> That's a great name. Um right, here hey, we go, thanks. Dom. Thanks. Not... <laughs> I say Jack Steele. It, it always actually no, I'm not gonna say it. Um Jack Steele, great name. Um Decore suspended for Everton. Uh, opinions on the possibility of a gyro resurgence. Right. We we teased this in various points, didn't we, Dom, uh, earlier in in the pod, uh, what happens to that midfield? Because Decore has essentially been running the whole thing by himself. He's suspended with five yellow cards. Uh, what are we expecting? I think we're probably expecting Luka Milovievich to start. Oh, I, I note here that he uh, he came on after 57 minutes in the corresponding fixture last season when the score was Everton 1, Crystal Palace 2 at the time. Yeah, uh, It didn't end that. Um, but that's not down to him. The whole team was swamped on that occasion. But Will Hughes has got COVID by the sound of things, so he's not really an option unless, well, he he might, he'll regain, presumably return to training this week, but whether he's fit enough to start, much fit enough to start a game, 
is open to question. Um, Jaya Edeval came on on the left side of a midfield three against Wolves and at left back against Leicester. Luka Milivjevic is the only one that comes in and slots straight into that into that position at the base of midfield. And he did okay at Leicester when he came on for Dukuri. He was running a, a yellow card at the time. Um, he he his passing forward wasn't that, wasn't actually too bad. It was good angled passes into into the attacking talents ahead of him. Uh, what was more worrying was some of the the tracking of runs off the ball. There were, there are a few occasions where where he was caught out of position or bypassed a bit too easily. Um, and it's it's a big ask to come straight into a Premier League fixture and 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 fill what we've already described as as a void in that in that team. So it's not going to be easy. I mean, <laughs> Vieira won't do this, but I think this would be a prime occasion to do what Adam's been advocating on the post match pod for some time and play two holding midfielders to give them a chance. You could play Gyro and Luca. You could play Will Hughes and Luca possibly. You could play Schlupp and Luca possibly as well yeah. Yeah. if you really must do, and 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 just maybe have a slightly more realistic approach to the game. Um, because I think everybody in this Palace squad and Vieira in particular will the the, the wounds from from Goodison Park in mid May are still quite raw. I think I think they they probably feel as if they shouldn't have been subjected to what they were that night. Uh, but they've got to give themselves the best opportunity to to make amends on the field and a bit more defensive surety in that midfield just to hopefully control things a bit better might be what's required. Mm. Yeah, so are the physical wounds uh, for the Everton fan that Vieira booted up <laughs> in the air, uh, which I think is my favourite moment of last season. He's still in Liverpool general, I think, that guy, so don't worry <laughs> yeah, about him. So good. Um, not that I advocate that at all, um, and he was rightly reprimanded. Um, <laughs> as Dom was going through the, the options there, Jack, I was thinking you could play... Jordan, are you in centre midfield? I, I, I'm half joking, actually. I don't want to sort of labour that point. Um, I agree that the two holding would maybe be the way to go. Um, I don't think Vieira's going to do that, as Dom said. So it's going to be Luca on his own. Oh, just saying it out loud actually makes me feel a bit so nervous. It's, it's an awkward conversation to have with your club captain that when you're the deputy for a certain position and the placeholder in that position is unavailable and you still don't select him. So I think he will be the starter. I think that's probably even more likely given Will Hughes' unavailability of the last two games. So I do think it's Luca. I didn't think he was particularly good on Saturday when he came on. I didn't think he really helped us along. Dom's point about the the kind of gaps behind him, that's my biggest concern. His quality on the ball, you know, take it or leave it, that's fine. But sometimes I just don't think he does the the positional work of that of, that's required of that position. And within five, ten minutes of him coming on, there were two moments where Madison was in the gap behind him because he just hadn't yeah. timed his run well enough. And, and Alex Awobi is currently Everton's best player and he plays in that hole and he's very very explosive when he gets into the final third. Okay, he might not have the quality to to, to hurt us uh, as much as other players might, like a Madison, but I, I think... Day, though. Yeah, exactly. Though. He's he's playing really, really well at the moment, and that's that's who'll be in that part of the pitch. So to give Everton's you know, most informed player more space than than maybe Decore would be, is something that we can't really afford on Saturday. So, you know, Luca will have to be well-drilled, and if that requires him playing a little bit deeper than Decore does, 
so be it. You know, if the team has to play five years, five yards further back than than we have done because of Luca Rovell and Decore, then again, so be it. But yeah, I, I, this, you know, we've talked about this during the season so far that the quality from certain players to who then comes in to replace them in their absence is bigger in certain positions than it is in others. And Decore to whoever's after Decore is is the, probably the biggest example of that. So yeah, we, we're not going to be the same team about Decore regardless if he replaces him. But yeah, Luca will have to amend his game and and perform maybe a bit better than he did on Saturday if we if we're to come away with with anything on Saturday. Yeah, completely agree. Speaking of other positions, um where that excuse my words carefully I was going to say the quality is not the same as it unfair I'm going to talk about strikers in a minute really quickly before I do that I just thought about who I think my winner maybe I could have added in to winners and losers and I'm happy to say it's in the public feed but I loved 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 when uh Joachim Anderson squared up to Diego Costa oh, there was one bit where he it was almost reminiscent of that demo game at, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, at Sanford Bridge where he just like shoved Costa to the floor and it was great and I just like I like there's a real S house vibe to Anderson and uh, I think Shouse thank you and I think uh it's been missing from the Palace defence for a while and I as really an enjoyed it as an aside JD Diego Costa pale shadow of his former self yeah, isn't he? It's, yeah. it's not the same player at all well, <laughs> what a move that is Jesus Oh yeah, who well, is it's a desper- um, just, desperation move? Isn't yeah. it? Just, it just out of interest, who is Diego Costa's agent? Does anyone know? <laughs> anyone got an idea? As to... I mean, it was very. You're looking to join a Wolves podcast. <laughs> My first ever FYP gig was you putting me on a Wolves podcast. Right. So there you go. Uh, shout out to our friends at Wolves Fancast. Hope you had a nice journey home last night. Um, but yeah, Diego Costa squaring up to Anderson and Wardy last night, only then to get subbed while in the middle of that argument was a pretty good moment too. It really was. He went, it was great because he was doing it, doing, uh, like giving it, giving it, giving it, and then went, I'm off. Okay, well, cheers. Yeah, handshake, handshake. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was fun, wasn't it? Completely his vibe changed. And wrong. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah. cheers, guys. Oh, I, love I believe you can see him in Jack and the Beanstalk at the Ashcroft <laughs> Theatre this December. So, oh, uh, my God. Diego Costa in Panto. I'd pay good Diego money. Diego Costa as that. Hook. Yeah. Great. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh my word! Um, <laughs> very interesting signing. Very interesting to see him back. You know, I mean, makes, ha- yeah. Dom, how long ago was it that Diego Costa ripped out? Like six, seven years ago for Chelsea, or maybe more recently? Well, like when ago? he was letting off the or threatening to let off the fire extinguisher in the media room at West Bromwich Albion after they won the title, it was that was in 2017, so my five God. years ago, um, and. <laughs> And that that was the summer that of the infamous text from Antonio Conte to Costa saying that he was no longer in his plans, and it all sort of fell to pieces thereafter. But he, yeah, he was a he was a brilliant brilliant player, to, charismatic player to cover as a journalist for a long period of time because mm-hmm. there was no shortage of drama. Even when things were going brilliantly and Chelsea were winning Premier League titles, Diego Costa wanted to leave and would throw his toys out the prime and want to go to China. I want to play in China. Well, no, no, you don't. You just want the money. What are you talking about? <laughs> I want to be loaded. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it, look, it's, we have to appreciate that where he's from as well. And yeah, of you course. Know, that money is, yeah. is, is massive. transformative. Absolutely. But, but, but also as a move for Wolves, it does make you appreciate actually Good <laughs> again. You word recruitment, and another word we use every week on the podcast. Um, that Palace aren't making. You know, there was yeah, a time yeah. when Palace would have maybe gone in for a cost um, and made that uh, kind of desperate. Man- um, kind of Emmanuel Adebayor, anyone? That I mean, well, that, there's quite, the type of thing. You know, AJ that... returning. 
yeah, Kevin Doyle. No, we could go on. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it does highlight where we are is a far better place than some other Premier League clubs. You've only got to see who's below us this season. You know, Villa, another one who've spent absolute fortunes on players that perhaps aren't going to do the job they need them to do. And last night was a was a prime example. The fact they're still you know, bringing Jean Moutinho on to try and change games, who I love as a player, but, you know, it's, it hasn't got the same impact anymore. And we're in a different place to them. And it's, um, yeah, we've brought it back around to Palace. So nicely done, James. Nicely done. <laughs> well, and strikers really quickly then, because um, I'm assuming it'll be Edward up front. And I said earlier, we think he's deserved that spot and deserves it probably up until the World Cup, unless he uh, does anything ridiculous. Um, we had a question here from, and I'm going to apologise to any of my French, any of our French listeners, Dr. Espoir, which I think means Doctor of Sport. Um, and they said, Pourquoi Mateta n'est pas titulaire? Which I then ran through Google Translate. It says, why is Mateta not our starter? Not a starter. Uh, Dom, do you want to take this one? Well, how's your French? Okay, do the French. Um, but... Why is he not a starter? Well, because Edouard is offering more than him, I think. There's, there's an unpredictability about Mateta within games. He's not quite the the aerial, aerially dominant force that you'd, you'd expect somebody of his size to be. He's he's slippery, on, but unpredictable with his runs, which makes him, I think, difficult to fit into. Have another Maverick player in, in, in that front five or six that we're playing at the moment. So, he, at the moment... If he can come on and stretch teams and 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 bully them late on in some way, then that's that seems to be the tactic, and it it worked brilliantly against Villa. It hasn't really worked since to the same degree. Maybe if, did Mateta start in the game at Oxford? Possibly. I think Edward started that game. I don't know if Mateta uh, did as well. But Edward got the penalty, didn't he? Yeah. Ed, but, oh no, he got the first goal. Sorry, got the first goal. They yeah. both started. They both started. It's. I mean, it's just it's it's things like that. He, he have to seize his chance when you get it, and he didn't build on the momentum. He played sixty five minutes against Oxford. Yeah. Didn't build on the momentum of the Villa game, and everything mm. since has been a bit of a cameo. But that's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. He did play well at, at Everton. While Palace played well last season, yeah, he just scored a very good goal, um, and that might come into Vieira's thinking. But the, the reality is that Palace is going to be up against Connor Cody and James Tark- yeah. Tarkovsky, injury permitting. I know Everton play Newcastle on Wednesday night, so let's see what happens there. But I can't see Mateta winning too many headers against those two. No. So it may be the sort of slippery player on the floor um, that Edouard, the trickier player, might be a, a, a greater threat to them. They're, they're a far more resilient unit, this Everton team, than, than last season. You, know, you can tell that the manager's had a pre-season with them and the recruitment, particularly at centre-half, has been very good. You know, Tarkovsky and Cody are two of the, the best free transfers across the league in the, in the summer and have formed a very decent partnership. So whoever starts for, for us up top is going to have a difficult game. Um, and um, with Dom, I think maybe Edouard might get more because if he can keep it on the floor and 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 that would probably would do us better. Particularly Tarkovsky in the air is, is excellent. And I think he probably would have, have the um, the rule over Mateta. So keeping it on the floor and, and, you know, playing as we did last night in the second half, we could cause them problems. Um, Wolf against Seamus Coleman. I don't think Nathan Patterson's back for them. Wolf against Seamus Coleman could be a good one. Um and, and the left-back Mikalenko, the calls for him by Everton fans to for him to, to be pulled out of the team and and, and Ruben Vinagre, ex of Wolves, to, to come into the team. So they're not, you know, particularly well set at the back, but they've got two very good centre-halves. I think there's um, there, there, there will be chances for Palace, but it's going to be um, against a more resilient team than we played in May, I think. 
Yeah, completely agree. And we'll see uh, how that goes. We'll be back, of course, next week to review uh, that game and the patrons will get a post-match pod uh, straight after the game, of course. Um, Shout out to anyone who's going. Shout out to anyone who's going because the trains are a nightmare. And and retrospective shout out to anyone who went to to Leicester for a 12.30 on Saturday, particularly for a quite a... I mean, nil-nils aren't great, but that was a particularly dire nil-nil. So shout out to anyone who's following us at the moment. Absolutely. Lovely shout out um, and agree with that uh, completely. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up this week's pod. Dom, thanks for having you on. Thanks for having, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for Always me. lovely to have you on. And uh, Jack, same goes to you. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, lovely chatting to you both. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you to our patrons, of course. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Green King, this week. Do check out the pod notes for more information uh, there. And if you are, if you run a local palace supporting business and you'd like to sponsor the podcast, like some of our previous sponsors, uh, and like to find out how we can help you, uh, then please do get in contact. Uh, the email is contact at fypfanzine.uk or you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram, which is at fypfanzine.uk. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, right. Enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, let's hope Palace can get a result at Everton. And we'll see you again next week. Goodbye. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.